Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. I'm Kevin Acey, Potter's beat writer, Jay Posner, sports editor of the Union Tribune. If you're watching us on Facebook Live, welcome. And then you can see that I'm over here and, and Jay's over here or the other way around. I don't can't figure it out. Jay, it's opening day. Um, as you know, I'm excited. I can tell actually a little extra pep in your step after watching the game last night. You know, I, I thought uh, this day might never come, Kevin. Where uh, actual actual sports, actual baseball in our in our town, only a handful of people will uh, be lucky enough to be there tonight. I know you'll be one of them. But yeah, it was it was good yesterday. I watched uh, some of the Yankees game before it got rained out. Watched some of the Dodgers and Giants, and uh, which was it, it was so predictable. The Dodger Giant game. It's like as soon as the Giants bullpen came in, the Dodgers just went to town. I mean, that's just they just beat up on people. And I have a feeling we're going to see that a lot this year. But it was good. It was good to have baseball back. And before we go any deeper into this, I do want to mention the newsletter that started today. And I hope I hope people have subscribed, or if you haven't, you will. It's free. Kevin Acey, explain what the newsletter is because the first one was great, and I know there's just more more to come. There's not. There'll be stuff in the newsletter that's nowhere else, and it's free. Did I say that? It's free. The newsletter came because I'm like, gosh, there's stuff that's just ending up on the on the floor, if you will. And so I want to put this stuff somewhere and maybe I can get people to do this, uh, you know, free newsletter. Uh, so that's what we're doing. And, and and I will. I will link to the things that we do have uh, on there as, as, as much as I can. Um, but there will be a whole bunch of things every morning in your inbox at uh, 7 a.m. That, that aren't anywhere else. And I'm going to try to provide uh, personal tidbits. Look. We all know the challenges of this year, but uh, I've worked really hard to uh, create uh, sources, to create relationships, and I hope that I can uh, help uh, bring you closer to the team uh, in 2020. I'm, I'm super, super, super uh, excited about it. So are you excited about it? You know, I'm, I'm really excited. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I think everybody is excited about this season uh, because – a, it's a season, but uh, two, because the Padres look like for the first time in, I mean, let's be honest, a decade, they have a chance to do something, which is to finish with a winning record. And and I think this year, if you finish with a winning record, you're probably going to get in to the playoffs. And let's face it, they're watered down playoffs, but nobody's going to care if it comes to that. Um, and it got easier yesterday, Kevin, with the idea that the playoffs have been expanded and now the Padres by finishing second in their division. I mean, let's face it, the Dodgers are going to win the division. So now it comes down to the Padres, the Diamondbacks as the two favorites to me, at least to finish second. And that's an automatic playoff spot. Uh, so how do you, that, that means this weekend opening with four games against the Diamondbacks, playing the Diamondbacks, all these games early in the season, suddenly more importance than ever, it seems like, on uh, on these games, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I got the Diamondbacks, uh, what, three times in the first uh, three series, like the first uh, six series or eight series. Um, I thought the Padres, and I think a lot of people did, and the Padres certainly did, thought they were contenders before the uh, league and the union came to an agreement uh, to expand the playoffs to eight teams. That's three extra teams uh, in each league, so 16 total. Uh I thought they were contenders before that. Now it's extremely disappointing if the Padres don't make the playoffs. And I think that that caveat where all second place teams make it is super important because let's face it, the teams in the central 
of each division or of each league get to play each other. The AL Central stinks. Generally, you got the Brewers, the Cardinals, uh, and the Cubs pretty darn good anyway when they don't get to play those teams as many times as they do. And so that could steal a wild card if you just went, uh, or a couple wild card spots if you just went based on record. But you finish second in your division and you're in. Uh, I honestly, Jay, uh, I'm assuming you have an opinion on this that uh, I'm maybe not necessarily a fan of these expanded playoffs. I'm glad they're only for this year, especially this expanded. But it is really good for the Padres, and I, I don't. I think it's unequivocally a disappointment if they don't make the postseason this year. I, I would agree. I do think the 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 AL Central is better than you're maybe giving it credit for. I mean, I think the Twins are really good. Uh, the Indians, even though they continue to sort of try to strip down their team, are pretty good, and I think the White Sox are improved. There's no doubt the Royals and Tigers are not any good. There's also no doubt that I think the Rangers and the Mariners aren't really any good, especially the Mariners. Maybe the uh, maybe the Rangers could be a little bit better. So, uh, And you could argue, I, I think, that the Rockies and the Giants uh, aren't anything special either. So I, I do think kind of balances out uh, a little bit. You know, the, the Eastern divisions are, are top-heavy, although I, I'm not sure the NL East after the Braves, uh, how good it might be. The, the Nationals, depending on how long a guy like Soto is out, uh, you know, could could struggle a little bit. But to the Padres' point, my thought was the Padres were looking at a season somewhere around 500. You know, maybe they squeak out a 31-32 win type season. The key now is how does that make them match up against the Diamondbacks in particular? I really think that's the team that is the biggest danger, and that's why I think these added – we always said, and you've written many times, going to be really important to get off to a fast start and I, I think that it's going to be difficult I mean I'll, I'll be honest I think it's going to be difficult for the Padres because all these games against Arizona and especially the Dodgers early on so and then the two game the two times they play Colorado and San Francisco both away from home so you know I know Jay Stingler said this week that I think there was something like he expected to be in midseason form as of as of Friday I, I think they need to be because I, I think you know, four games against Arizona right off the uh, bat here. And then in another week, I think it's two straight weeks against the Dodgers in Arizona, if I'm not uh, mistaken. So they need to jump on this and and they need to at least hold their own in these in these early games and then try to maybe make hay a little bit later when the schedule gets a little bit easier. Hey, one thing I wanted to point out, and, you know, it's always your tiebreakers are always division heavy, but it could really come into play this year. Uh, your first tiebreaker is your record in head-to-head. Your, uh, you know, if, And look, why I say it could come into play this year is there's not going to be that much separation in the standings. There aren't 162 games for you to right. you know, get spread out. So you're, you know, I've done – I did a couple of the stories uh, <laughs> how long the season is uh, while we were in that three-and-a-half-month break. And – it really, there's going to be some ties. And so the first tiebreaker is head-to-head. Then it's record in division. Then it's your record in your last 20 division games. Then it's record in your last 21 division games. And if you have to go to a fifth tiebreaker, it's your record in your last 22 division games. And as you probably have gotten, if it still goes, it's your record. Anyway, uh, so uh, it is heavy. It is uh, super important, and especially with the way that their schedule is front-loaded like that. But uh, – I, I like that, those tiebreakers, that it's how are you playing at the end uh, as well. Gosh, there's just so many interesting facets to this season. Yeah, I mean, it's it's 10 of the first 23 against Arizona, 
and yeah. um, seven of the first, and then seven of the uh, first twenty-three against the Dodgers. So you're looking at seventeen out of twenty-three against against two of the better the two better teams in the division that you're going to face. So, but where are the Padres in all this? I mean, we're not I'm not discounting that the Padres can't play with these teams, especially Arizona, as we'll find out this weekend. But so where where are the Padres? They're going into a, a series this weekend with Chris Paddock tonight. And the Nelson Lamette, who I'm, I always look forward to watching. As much as I like watching Paddock, love watching Lamette as well. Very interested to see Garrett Richards. Uh, I, I thought he threw some good innings the other night after the start, after the very beginning of the game against his former team. And then you know, let's face it, there's a little bit of a of a question mark uh, after that. Zach Davies could be good, you know, maybe not. I mean. Uh, we need to see what what he's able to bring, and I and I still don't know, and I and I don't know that you know either what they're going to do with the last spot in the rotation. I mean, I, I'm I wouldn't mind seeing Cal Quantrill get more innings uh, than Joey Lucchese, but uh, I don't know where does that stand right now in that number five, number four or five spot. Lucchese could end up being the starter, and Cal Quantrill could still get more innings than him. That's how crazy yeah. that's uh-huh. going to be. And they are being extremely cryptic when my understanding uh, a bit ago was that Lucchese would be the starter. Cal would be your swing man, sort of like last year, where Cal can get starts and he can go uh, certainly be a, a spot starter because you've got the 30 games in the first 31 days where they are not going to go just with uh, five. Almost certainly they're not going to go with just five starters uh, through that whole thing, though they will have a five man rotation. Uh, Zach Davies and Joey Lucchese, for that matter, are guys that I love to watch pitch because sometimes you wonder when they are super on, how are they doing it? And they're just mastering right. use their pitches, in particular Zach Davies. Um, and I think Joey Lucchese is much improved, but there's also the potential for it to be very ugly, uh, which is why the Padres hope that their bullpen is as good as people seem to think it is. Um, you know, we've talked about them as contenders. Let's talk about some of the things, and I think just by the mere uh, – talking about the questions uh, in the rotation and there have to be questions as good as Garrett Richards can be. Uh, there has questions about the control that he has. So I think that is their bullpen as deep and as good as you, as we all think it is, that's a gigantic question that will determine how good they are. Uh, their rotation, Chris Paddock, look, I think that he's shown that he is a, an ace in the making and Denelson Lamette when he's on, has the makings of an ace. Beyond that, we'll see. their offense—it's been the worst offense. Let, let, let me st- let me stop. Let me stop you with the pitching, yeah. just because I, I wanted to say I, I'm not—I would not be nearly as concerned about the bullpen, even though they've lost a couple people. I, I think the bullpen is still really strong. I mean, Kirby Yates is probably not going to be as good as he was last year, but he's probably not going to be far off that either. I mean, that was somewhat of a historic season that he put together um Pomerantz Pagan you know I have faith you know you, sh- you should have faith in those guys uh haven't seen a lot of Pierce Johnson uh you know Tim Hill has really good numbers especially against lefties Matt Strom I remembered him this time uh is is a great piece to have out there if Quantrill doesn't start he's another piece to have out there Craig Salmon is you know always almost always reliable. I mean, I, I think the bullpen is is going to be good. I, I 
if there's a question, it's about it's about the rotation. And the other question, as you were about to get to, is the offense. You know, they've added some pieces, but it's one of those things until we see it, uh, you know, it's you can't always trust in it. This is where bats come to die. I mean, let's, let's face it. <laughs> I am reluctant to judge now. Even they shouldn't even now. We don't have the – you don't have that April and May, you know, marine layer and all the stuff that they talk about in the cold weather. I mean, it's going to be warm, and there shouldn't be – and the fences are in more than, you know, Petco used to be. Day games. Yep. Right. All that. But, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm reluctant to, to judge even Eric Hosmer after after two years. Uh, let's face it, he hasn't been as good as he was in Kansas City. Manny Machado, his last two months, doomed him to one of his worst seasons. Uh, if that happens to Tommy Pham, you know, it's time to start digging up for the bones underneath Petco. <laughs> he is legit, and he's legit in how he goes about it. He's legit in how he does it. So that's big. So I say you pick him in the number two spot, and – you, you're like, okay, cool. We got a guy who's going to be on base for us. Manny, Eric, this is really big on, on, on you to have the kind of seasons that we're paying you for. Yeah, that, there's no doubt. I mean, if you could start with Tatis and Pham and Machado, you would think that's a pretty good one, two, three. To me, after that, it's a lot of, it's a lot of questions. You know, what is Hosmer going to give you? Will Myers, what is he going to give you? You know, Trent Grisham, and I do want to mention that Tremendous play made in center field the other night in Anaheim, which, you know, if you're watching that, you're thinking, okay, this guy is the kind of center fielder that this team needs. Uh, are the catchers going to hit? Is Profar uh, or Garcia, what are they going to do? I mean, I think Garcia seems to be pretty reliable against, especially against right-handers, but the offense has questions after the top three, and they're going to need at least a couple guys. You know, maybe it's Josh Naylor, maybe it's Ty France uh, as DHs. But they're going to need a couple guys to to step up and, and drive in some runs, uh, you know, assuming those top three guys do what you would expect them to do. If they do, and people are asking, it's probably one of the uh, most frequent questions I get. Why is Eric Hosmer in the number four spot? My first answer would be, who else are you going to put there? And uh, my next answer would be, you know, over his entire career, including with the Padres, when there are men on base, Eric Hosmer is the Padres' best hitter. So that, that's just been proved out by the stats. Uh, I know that clutch is not something that you predict, but with Eric Hosmer, it is. Uh, but there's that's – we'll see. No, I, I, I think – and that's when you talk about questions about the offense. To me, that's, that's kind of cause for question is when you say, okay, we've got this top three, and then where do we go? And, and if you're going to Eric Hosmer first – there's reason to have questions and maybe he comes through, but again, it's not like you're getting, uh, you can necessarily sit here now and say we can rely on any of those guys after the top three. And, but it's also not to say that two, three, four of those guys can't come through and, and be what the Padres, uh, you know, hope they can be. I think it's really interesting. Where did you see Eric Hosmer more often than not on uh, Andy Green, the number two spot? I don't recall seeing him higher than third, and he was mostly fourth or fifth in inter-squad games and in the exhibitions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you can read into that what you will, but Jay Tingler comes into this season with the full back of A.J. Preller 
And that's not something that Andy Green always had or that players were confident that Andy Green always had. And, and Andy had to navigate some certain things. And the Padres weren't this good. There was not a Tommy fan. There was not a Trent Grisham who can also, if he hits uh, like he did for a lot of summer camp or for a lot of uh, last August with the uh, in September with the Brewers, that guy could be up in the top three. Uh, so that gives you the luxury that Andy Green didn't have to move Haas down. But I think it's very interesting that they've said, Haas, this is where we think you best uh, suit us you're, you're not going to bat second now that could change against right-handers if Eric Hosmer has the hot starts like he has uh, frequently in his career well and I think the other thing is and we've got a couple comments on the side you know someone said put fam there someone else said Grisham against righties I think both of those are are very mm-hmm. uh, possible you know the other thing is against lefties if you can get something out of Will Myers um, mm-hmm. Will Myers is a guy that you could put up in the in the two or three spot and, and that sort of would knock, you know, knock Cosmer down uh, another spot in the order against lefties. Now, I don't know what they'll do uh, tonight against Bumgarner. I, I didn't or I didn't look closely enough at any at any numbers. But I, I, I think Myers is such a guy that, that could help this team so much in so many ways if they can get the good two months instead of the bad two months out of out of Myers. Will has been terrible against uh, Bumgarner in his career, but last year was three for nine with two homers. Will has best, uh, the opponents that he does best against are Colorado and Arizona. That's both home and away, though particularly Uh Chase Field and Coors Field. Who doesn't? Uh, He's historically good at Coors Field. So, hey, there's a lot of things in the cards here that point to Will Myers could have that incredible two months. We'll see. Yeah, exactly. Uh, anything new on the catching situation? Are we going to look at? It seemed like Hedges got all the time in the uh, in the exhibition games. Are we going in with the idea that that Hedges will be the starter, uh, or are they going to are they going to go fifty fifty? I mean, how, what do you expect to see uh, from behind the plate right now? 50-50, probably more like 60-40 or a little bit higher right now, but that's going to depend on his bat if it is what it has been in the past. Unless the rest of the team is just smoking and they're scoring five, six runs a game, they can't keep Austin in there. They would like to have Austin behind the plate more often than not. And you'll always see him catching Joey Lucchese, barring you know something unusual. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the way it's going to be. I think in the exhibition games, or I know that they were, they got to get this guy ready to go nine innings uh, for opening day. So I think you're going to see Austin in there catching Chris Paddock uh, tonight. Uh, it's going to be dictated a lot by offense. And, and as I've mentioned a couple of times, the offense around those two guys, almost as much as what they are doing. If they can get away with Austin Hedges batting 200 and getting on base at 280, then He'll be in there if they can get away with it. If they can't and they need help, then it's going to have to be Francisco Mejia. And we're speaking as if it's the Francisco Mejia who had a great two months last year and not the guy who swings at everything that's thrown his way. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, there's a a comment that says, you know, do you agree the old adage, if we have have two catchers, we don't have a catcher. I'm not sure it's quite like, you know, I I agree that if we're talking quarterbacks, uh, I, I would agree with something like that. Catchers, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I don't think you – I think the game has changed a little bit where, That's where the key. teams play more than one catcher. You know, if you don't have a real Muto or or, or somebody like that, um, the, the days – and I was looking this up for something that we posted today. The, Tom Krasnick made a comparison of Austin Hedges and, and Jim Sundberg, a catcher from back in the 
70s and 80s. Sundberg was catching like 140, 145 games a year. I, I just don't think we're going to see that, uh, you know, even in a full season uh, anymore. But there's no question if you had one really good catcher, of course, you're better off. But it's going to take some juggling. And and I, I do think going to be a lot of eyes on Jace Tingler to sort of segue to, to that out of almost nothing. But we don't know what Jace Tingler is going to bring to the table. I've been very clear in the past. I, I think managers, you know, can be overrated. I do think in a shorter season, it might make a little bit more difference. But my feeling is still it's going to come down to players. And I, I don't think Jace Tingler is going to make the difference. This team might be really good this year. I don't think it's going to be because Jace Tingler is, you know, 80% better manager than Andy Green. I think it's because, you know, players are going to play up to their potential or they're not. So we'll we'll see where that goes. I know you don't necessarily agree with me on that. Well, uh, maybe we're only off by per- percentage points here, but I would be more inclined to agree with you this year when, you know, there's a DH in the National League. I think that that's a big deal, though the manager still has to, you know, manage the bullpen. Remember, they've put a lot of guys around Jace Tingler too. Skip Schumacher, right. manager Bobby Dickerson, the bench coach, who is uh, the infield coach, Wayne Kirby, a veteran coach. Uh, you got Larry Rothschild, uh, you know, coaching the pitchers. They put a lot of people around Jace Tingler. I think Jace Tingler sets a good tone for this team. He really does. And everyone knows as uh, a big fan of Andy. Uh, I use that term fan loosely. I expected what he did, and, and he'll be back in the game as long as the Cubs are good because he's a good game manager. Uh, I don't know that Jace Tingler will be a better game manager than him. I, I do think there's indications that Jace Tingler is a better manager for this team. Mm-hmm. No, I, I can see that. And I do think culture is more important than yes. the sort of, you know, it gets talked about a lot with, you know, this move and that move. A, lo- a lot of times, you know, the, the right move can still turn out wrong. Uh, <laughs> you don't judge a move by the result a lot of times. Absolutely. Yeah, and, right. And, and that seemed to happen, uh, seems to happen all the time with the, with the Padres lately. But, but I do think it'll be different this year. And, and I'm looking forward to, um, Looking forward to tonight and, and <clears throat> excuse me, these next couple months. These, this one thing I want to say about Jason, I can't, I'm fascinated to find out how it uh, played out, but he's talking like an NFL coach. He's talking like playing 16 games, talking about how he's going to manage every night, not think about the next day until the next day. Uh, so I, I, which is obvious hyperbole by him because he has to keep in mind what his pitchers have done and, and, and all that, but th- he's going to manage this like the playoffs is what he's saying. And, I doubt that's actually going to be true because the playoffs do not last 60 games, but he's talking about maybe not relying on matchups as much. Uh, this is going to be really interesting. It's going to be even hard to keep track of, especially with you don't know uh, the, is a player available or not because he had symptoms. You saw the Cardinals left a couple key players back in town or in St. Louis. You saw Soto was out. Now we knew about that, but these right. players, the Cardinals were just symptomatic. They haven't tested positive. They tested negative, but they're symptomatic, so they kept them away from the team. There's going to be so much that goes into this that I'm not really even sure what we're going to be able to uh, to judge from this season. Um, right, right. But that's part of the excitement. Well, it is, and uh, we'll do one more question, and then we'll run. Um, who's the clubhouse leader right now? Is it still Eric Hosmer? Is there somebody else? What? Who's who's the, who's the guy bringing down the hammer, Kevin? Hosmer is always from six feet from six feet away. Of course, Hosmer is always setting the tone, sort of like the mayor. 
All right. Uh, sort of like uh, the president. Oh, just generically, I just use that term president. Uh, he's the guy who people are looking to for that. Manny has stepped up. Tommy Pham stepped in immediately. Remember the things he said the first day? This team strikes out too much. We got to do better. I right. love when we were here with Tampa Bay and they stunk. Uh, that's a guy who commands respect right away. And believe me, players were talking about those quotes afterward. And uh, so th- th- that's big. I'm telling you that while I don't know that leader's the right word, he's in the inner circle, Chris Paddock, Garrett Richards, uh, but Eric Hosmer sort of, that's who everybody looks to like, hey, how are we feeling today? That's a, that's a big thing. Uh, there. Now, Eric Hosmer needs to hit better. I feel like every time I compliment him, I got to say <laughs> he's got to hit better, but I do never, I never want that to be diminished, but I will, I want to also stress Manny has stepped up. Manny has owned what he did last year. I think Manny's come out of, uh, uh, I don't know if a shell, they're obviously different in private than they are in public, but, but Manny has from what I've heard and actually even what I've seen out there, his interactions, uh, he stepped up a bit. All right. Well, it all starts, Kevin. We got not even eight hours to go for those that are uh, watching live, and it's even fewer if you're catching this on the uh, on the podcast. So uh, I know we all can't wait. And four games with Arizona, you'll be off to San Francisco after that, and we will talk to you on Tuesday uh, about what happened over the long weekend and what is also to come on the first road trip of the year. Thanks, everybody.